courtesy of Bow Sports.com, Stitcher.com, iTunes. You can subscribe to this lovely, sexy, wonderful podcast for free. Tune in media for your mobile devices, Google Play Podcast, and we are also on Spotify. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the show that we so lovingly call Bow on Bulls, the show totally, utterly, and foreverly dedicated to the Chicago Bulls and NBA talk. I am Big Dave. I am C. Love. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good, man. Good Memorial Day? Yeah, you know, uh, typical Memorial Day for us. We celebrate Sunday. We never celebrate on the holiday. Okay. So, uh, obviously, some st- well, I grill. Is there a reason for this? It's just a family thing we always done. We always, even growing up, we used to have a day barbecue with family. We always did it like the day before. Mm. We really did it. If, if, if there's something going on on the holiday, on the, on the holiday, we'll like maybe like do a quick visit or something. But basically, the barbecue and celebration was like was like mostly like the uh, the day before. Oh, okay. All right, just doing a different a festivist kind of. Okay, all right. Nothing. I hung out with the coolest person, more cooler than me, and that's my mother. That's what I did. So that's what I did. I chilled with her. We hung out. We chilled. It was great. She had a birthday uh, this uh, in the month of May. So you know, happy birthday to mom. Love you very much. And yeah, it's been. It was good. It was fun. It was really, really good. Yeah, fam was up there. So yeah, everything was good. Everything was good. That's everything good, was good. But we have a wonderful guest on our show. He has not been here in a while. I've been trying to get him for a while uh always wax poetically on him when i talk about him because he means a lot um there's no i can't say there's no ball on bulls without him but i can definitely say the idea of it would not have existed uh without him um man took me under his wing early uh taking me around the podcast doing a lot of stuff he, he's been nothing but kind to uh chris and myself uh, over these years man uh the reason I even started on Bulls Outsiders and all those other things was this fine gentleman here. So he's a great friend to me. He always will be. He always will be to Chris. And yeah, that's our guy. And you know him. You love him. You can follow him on Twitter at CBE Fred. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only C Red Fred. Oh, oh my gosh. Guys. So first of all, such kind words, Dave. I can't believe uh, how nice of you to say that. But I mean, in reality, all I did was introduce you and your immense talents to a few people and the rest is history so i can't be more elated and thrilled about your success and yours too chris and you know big picture i mean it's an honor first of all beyond this iconic american tradition known as ball but (laughs) always one of my favorite pods i'm just beyond excited that you know even with all your success with the chgo and everything that's going on you're still getting these shows out um, and it's always been one of my favorite pods. So to be a guest on this show is just uh, beyond thrilling for me. And uh, I got to get I got to get the sweatshirt, though. I cannot yes. believe I have not bought it yet. And I will. It's on my to do list, but it okay. looks awesome. Thank so, you, uh, yeah, I, I, just great to be here. And I, I can't tell you what a great era this is that we're starting with you and your success and the success of the beloved bull as we enter a new era where we know nothing but greatness as opposed to the last few years, which were quite disappointing. But I think we're all in agreement that the era was up and uh, imminence, uh, you know, all my predictions will be fulfilled. What say you? Ain't nothing changed, <laughs> baby. Ain't nothing changed. Same old friend. I appreciate you calling that hoodie out because you know I was about to get on you because you have a hoodie on. And I'm sure it was about to get on you real quick. <laughs> I'm not having a hoodie on you, dog. But it's cool. It's yeah. on your to-do list. I'll leave you alone. Do your thing, man. It's all good. It's all right. But um, 
yeah, it's been a, it's a good time uh, for Bulls fans. Uh, Bulls, you know, made their first playoff appearance in five years. Uh, hosted their first playoff game in quite a long time. Their first winning season in seven years. Like it's it's been a while for the Bulls, and it, and it's good. Uh, so it's good to talk to you like this, Fred, because we haven't had a conversation when the Bulls have been good since we started doing this. So um, I'm yeah, interested to hear geez. what what uh, are your feelings on the season that happened? Uh, how did you feel about it? Your highs, your lows. What what was your take? I mean, how could anyone be upset about the first, you know, up until February, even at six game winning streak at the end of February after Zach was out led by DeMar, some of the best basketball we've seen in the city since Derek Rose. It's just an incredible stretch that he had there winning, you know, game after game and scoring, you know, 40 plus on consecutive consecutive nights. But I, I am a little bit that uh, late that that great feeling is is tempered by the fact that one of the three key players on this team has devolved into something you know not 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 good let's just put it that way and Vooch is uh such an important part of our success and he does some things very well he rebounds he brings stability he's a good dude and obviously helped recruit Demar but you know big picture the reason we acquired this guy was to shoot 40 percent from three-point line or shoot at least better than an average as a big pull out opposing uh, bigs and free up space for Damar and, and Zach to to succeed and he's failed miserably at that my co-host on uh on the big red bus Doug Tonus has stat that 80 percent of Vooch's threes this year were wide open mm-hmm. as defined by the NBA as uh no defender within six feet yet he shot 31 percent I mean it's appalling and this is a major major issue in the league that if you're paying attention in the playoffs the three-point shot is is of the utmost importance and uh, I am very concerned about where we're going with him and more than disappointed, I guess, you know, I, I you got to take everything at face value, but this idea that we just need more of these guys together, this, this team together more and build, you know, more cohesion is just insane to me. Like we need to remove him from the roster, find another player uh, and, you know, and, and move forward. Cause I, to me, I don't know about what, what you guys would say. What's the biggest issue with the Bulls? It's rim protection. It's like we, we, we were awful in the interior defense, in our interior defense, and he's a big part of it. And I, I know he's doing his best, but he doesn't protect the rim. So uh, I don't know. Do you guys feel like that's a, a major issue or am I just kind of, you know, blown in the wind here a little well, bit? I'll pass, I'll, I'll pass that to Chris then. What do, what do you feel the major issue I, I want, is with this team? I want to know uh, just to uh, – let me uh, come back and Fred a little bit. Who's the center for Boston? That would be Williams. He's a time lord. He's their time center, lord. and he's a fantastic center. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. Okay, but he sucks on offense. So, like, you can't have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the boot sucks on both sides. What, am, what are we going to say? <laughs> well, <laughs> Fred, 17 and 11 is not sucking, but, but go ahead. But go ahead. <laughs> no more uh, damage. Oh, Williams sucks on offense. We get rid of him. He doesn't block shots. It's, that's okay. But when you drop 2011, that's a horrible thing. <laughs> that one, that's, ooh, the 2011 sucks. Like, look, you can't, again, if you want to keep Lajuan or David Robinson on your team, that'd be, I do too. <laughs> but they don't come around too often. But uh, you know what? The biggest problem is, uh, you know, kind of like, I don't think Fuchs is the biggest problem. Zach, the biggest problem is obviously right now health, I think. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about that. Being his knee, you know, I'm concerned about balls, injuries as well. And uh, 
I don't think you can win a championship with those guys injured on Olympic into the season. Maybe not not, not, not in shape. You know, I want the team, you know, health is very, very key. We won't go the long run in the playoffs, especially healthy towards the end of the year. And I, I just, I think just the health is the biggest issue. I don't think Bruce is the biggest issue. I think obviously that Levine had to even step up further as far as the offense and his greatness on the court. You know, in the playoffs, your best player is who you are. That's the bar. Tatum is awesome. That's why he's that's why he's in the finals. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys, Curry is awesome. So just be realistic here. You want to be championship. You want to be great. You want to get to the. You want to get to the top. Your best player has to be awesome. Not all star level, superstar level. You know. So I'm concerned about Zach Levine. Can he hit that level? He's going to get paid like that level. It's great. Had a great you know season starting off. Because injuries happen him, but I want to see him raise his level. I want him to clearly be the best player on the Bulls, and I'm okay with Vooch being the second best player on the Bulls. Uh, I don't know if Rosa could repeat the, the season he had last year, but uh, I would like Vooch to be one of the one of the two could be the two or three, whatever. But Zach clearly has to be the number one. And you mentioned shot blocking, which is key. We do need some shot blocking. You know, Vooch can't do everything. I know he's not perfect, but he can't do everything. So do we shot blocking? Everybody in the NBA wants a wing player. Yes, <laughs> that'd be great as well. Uh, so, yeah, defense, defending the rim, and health to me is uh, the big issue. Yeah, that, for me, that, 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 that can come back to the Bulls. I'm not worried about that. That's that, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah, he's he's coming back. Yeah, that's happening. Um, for me, the the issue was was three point shooting and health. Um. Well, I should say health, number one. Like, I never I never saw the Bulls healthy the entire season. <laughs> like, we, we never saw them fully healthy. Like, either Kobe White was out uh, for that time or Patrick Williams was out, you know, or COVID was hitting. You know, like, you never saw the complete team of the Chicago Bulls. And even the fact you didn't see them, they still were the best team in the East for the entire first half of the season, which is wild. Even with Vooch and his struggles and things like that, still, they, they were number one, uh, basically because of what, you mentioned Fred, like DeMar DeRozan being otherworldly uh, with his game. And Zach Levine as well, who's also uh, an all-star. And of course, the key for me was Lonzo Ball. And as Chris mentioned, like that's, I'm super worried about Lonzo Ball going forward with his knee. And we'll, we'll get in that in a minute. Um, but yeah, those are the things, like three-point shooting, they just didn't have it. Like once Lonzo went out, everything went down. You know, like the three, especially the three-point shooting. He, he was your best three-point shooter. He was shooting 40%. Um, he would have games where he would go six of eight from the field, but all six would be threes. And he would shoot about, you know, he would shoot a very high clip at those threes. And once he went out after that all-star break, if you check that numbers after the all-star break, especially from the three-point line, all of them just went away. Like Ayo was shooting 40% from three after the all-star break that went away. Kobe was shooting at a very high, like 38, 39 from three that went away. Derek Jones Jr. was shooting like 40% from three. He didn't hit a three until like three weeks into the season after the all-star break. So everything kind of just dwindled and went away. And of course, Caruso being hurt because he can hit a three, but you know, I'm not dependent on him, but he can hit one. Um, but yeah, like that's key. And Fred, you're right. Like that's a very key component in this league is three-point shooting. It is truly, truly important. Uh, as far as what you say about Vooch, like, yeah, I don't agree with any of that. Um, I, I do agree, Fred, that he struggled. I'm, I'm not taking away from that. He did. This is his worst scoring output since, uh, like, 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Like, 
And, and that year he shot really horribly from three that year. I think he shot like 30, 31% from three also that year, but the next year, you know, he averaged like 20, <laughs> you know, it sounded like 36% went to the all-star game. Um, so I'm, I'm not worried about Vooch uh, for two couple reasons. One, he's got another year to get it together and get acclimated and, and do his thing with the team. And I know you say you don't need time for he's supposed to come in, but there is a time when you're coming from being the man and you're coming to be the third man on a team. That's, that's an adjustment. You know what I mean? For guys, like some guys can, can dive into it like Chris Bosch and things like that. But some guys aren't used to that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, I thought he needed time with that. Um, The second thing is, is if he has another year like this, he it's like basically his last year (laughs) on his contract. Like, okay, fine. He doesn't work out. I guarantee you AK and Eversley will, will make that move and get him on down and get him on up out of here. And so I guess, and it's, and he's on a, uh, uh, de-escalating contract as well, which is also great. So I'm honestly like I'm not really that concerned about a guy who, in his worst season, still is putting up 17 and 11 in his worst year. Like I'm like, you still giving me that? I still can point to numerous games that we wouldn't have even won without you. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll still take that. I'll take that for it. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I don't think though you can, you know, just ignore the fact that we gave up a ton of assets to get him. Uh, so oh, in like retrospect, yes, I I'm, I, I, I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked that there's people that would argue, oh, no, no, we, you know, that trade, it was a good move. It was a good move. And I'm like, I, 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 no, hold on a second. I thought it was too. Like I, I advocated that move, but I don't see like right now, if you called up Orlando and said, Hey, we'd like to get Wendell Cutter back for Vooch. Mm-hmm. Can we make that trade? They'd laugh in our face. And there's not a GM in the league would probably take uh, uh, Vooch alone for over Wendell Carter, over oh. Wendell Cutter draft picks not even considered like mm-hmm. we still have to owe them our first rounder next year we already sure. gave him a, a nice pick who you know ended up being a good player for them he like did. to me the whole reason Vooch was acquired was for that key asset the ability to shoot the three the beauty ability to pull out bigs everything else that he does he doesn't do it in an exceptional uh, exceptional level he rebounds very well yes but so do most centers who are standing you know next to the rim for vast majority of the game like Wow! Great! Congrats! He's not he he can't you can't switch with him because he he's a matchup nightmare. Anytime you get a, a quick you know two three or one two or three on him, mm-hmm. he's not a great defender. He's he does what he can with his limited skills, but he's limited exactly. He had you know for this team with rim protection being such an issue, like he led the team in blocks. For example, he had seventy one. You know, who was second on this team in blocks, Derek Jones Jr. Tony Bradley was third. Like these are two guys that hardly saw the floor. It's a major issue. And he is taking up a significant, he is taking up a significant part of the cap. Like I would much prefer, I would have no problem with Booch if he didn't just completely devolve as a three point shooter. And I think it's it's so underrated and not even talked about enough because the best team in the league shoots at 37%. The worst team in the league shoots at 32 or 31%. He went from 40 to 31 it's insane. It's like I I haven't seen a player devolve like that that in years. Uh, I can't recall off the top of my head a player that's that just had such a regression. So, you know, I, I think it's a you know I, Wendell Carter Jr. was better defensively the day he was traded. He'll he's better today, and he will be better for many years to come. Uh, so I, I just don't <laughs> agree with the idea that. That guy, that trade. I don't know how you could look back and say it was it was a positive. How, Dave, make that oh, argument. Yeah. 
Sure. Uh, I'm going to make that trade. I, I don't know if you remember Wendell Carter Jr., Fred. <laughs> he was I remember him very well. I no, 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 I don't think you do. No, I don't think you do. I don't think you do at all. I don't think you do at all. First of all, the man could not stay on the floor. He couldn't play. He never played 45 games his entire time here. He never did. He could not stay on the floor. Second, he couldn't catch a basketball. He didn't. He couldn't catch. Third, we had to find. He had to leave to find out he was blind. He had to leave here to find out he could not see and then get some glasses. And most importantly, what I kept telling everyone, including you, he's not a center. He can't play that position. He is a four. You don't That's need a center. You don't at. need a center in today's league. Well, you don't need where is he Fred, Fred, where is yeah. he thriving? Where is he thriving, Fred? He's at the four. He's that big. Why? Because your homeboy, Mo Bamba, is at the five. Oh, gosh. Mo Bamba is not playing. I'm not the saying. Most- I'm not saying Mobamba's good. That's not my point. My point is Mobamba's a center. And so when you have a center there, and then he can play what he wants to play at the four. Chris yeah, said but- this a million times to me. Wendell Carter is good when he's the biggest person on the floor. When he, the person he's going against, he's bigger than. If he's playing Which center. most of the time. When he's playing center, he's not bigger than everybody. Look and he was getting worked. Look at all the best teams. Oh, hold on a second. I'm not going to stand up for this. I'm no, not going to stand please, for this. Hold on it. one second. Hold on a second. Wendell Carter Jr. was a, one of the most unfairly criticized players I've ever seen in this city. What, what unfair what, criticism what did I just tell who the, who was the best you? Defense, who was the best defensive perimeter defender when Wendell Carter Jr. was here? Tell me. That the Bulls had. It was please a – well, I'm, I, I – who, who do you think it was? I, I'd like to have a name of a great defend, perimeter defender that the Bulls mm-hmm. had when he was here. I can't name anybody that I think was above average when mm-hmm. he was here. He didn't have, you know, like um, he, he didn't have any high level outside, you know, basic uh, perimeter defenders on this team. So like he so it was basically a layup line for him attacking him when he was here. He had horrible perimeter defense, which Isn't made it difficult on him. Yeah, Vooch, Vooch has, I think Alonzo Ball and Caruso are significant. No, no, no. I'm not saying they're, they're, they're clearly better perimeter defenders for it. I'm not, I'm, that's not my argument here. I'm saying when your defense inside was your whole thing was Vooch, was your stopgap. That was the only one. Everything was being funneled to him. Everything. Was and being everything was to being Vooch. funneled to Wendell. And Wendell well, had to put he up. A, he, he was he, Wendell's a much better rim. Who defender. was he stopping, though? Fred is all I'm asking. Who was he well, stopping? Just, he's stopping a lot of people that were coming to the rim. He's like an excellent rim defender. Wendell Carter Jr. is a much better def- defensive player than than. Uh, I, I'll than give Boots, you he's a right? better defender. I'm not arguing that with you. I'm, uh, you're right. I think he is a better I, defender. I, 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 I'm talking about he's out of position. Go ahead, Chris. I'm talking about he's out of position and he was clearly out of position and Hold he should never be playing center. He should Wendell, always be playing the four. Mo Bamba is not guarding the centers, the really big center. When they were playing, when Orlando was playing, the toughest interior player on the opposition, Wendell was assigned to him. It wasn't uh, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba sucks. He hardly, (laughs) he's a terrible basketball player. And, you know, I understand he had a little bit, a decent year this year. Regardless, he's not, I I don't think he'll be able with Miami. I don't know who's going to sign him. I don't want to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get that he sucks. But if you don't think that having a dude with that seven feet tall with like a seven, six wingspan in the interior, just being there. Kind of helps you as a defender. I don't know what to tell you, bro. That helps you. That helps you as a defender, Fred. Doesn't it does. help you if you have an, if you're playing against an opposing big that's going to stretch him out because he can't guard him out in the perimeter. That's how the it league is. The, that's how the I'm league is. Who's has attacking evolved. the league? Look, and look, he's it, and and we're able to do that now because again he doesn't have to guard a five. 
I guess he doesn't have to guard that. that five anymore. He can go fours. He can who go are you worried about? Cool, who are you worried about on the teams right now? Like who are you worried about when you play Boston? Um, do we really need a big lumbering center like Vucevic out there? Do we? No. When you play in Boston, Wendell Carter Jr. on Time Lord is a is a much better matchup than Vucevic on Time Lord. Oh, right. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. First time with the Carter Jr. I'm done. <laughs> what if I'm with the gun, Junior? He's not here. He's not the greatest right. player. Uh, well, we're not going to talk about it. I'm just telling you right <laughs> now. What, oh, no, Jr. I'm enjoying this. I, I, I wanted <laughs> to hear this. Like, I, I really am enjoying this. I do, I do have this agreement with you, Fred. I, mean, I agree with a lot, lot of the points. Like, who's is not a great defender? I, I totally, I see it. I, it yeah. Me. But I don't think him, I don't think, I think that's more of his problem than just the three-point percentage. Because I think he shoots too many damn threes. And I think that's part of the coach's fault. And I think that's the way that, you know, of course, injuries happen. And so that's the way the offenses ran. I, I, so I think that's that. I don't think he should be shooting that many threes anyway. That's my point. I, I can't stand it. So I don't care if he shoots less threes. I want him in the paint more. And I want the offense kind of ran like it ran in Orlando when he was at the, uh, he's at the, the three throw line a lot, getting the ball and able to facilitate and the offense run through him a little more. Uh, only thing I'll counter is I think, if anything, these playoffs have proven defense still wins championships and on a team when your two best players are DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine you better have a guy who's in the middle to clean up the mess my only point is Wendell Carter Jr. is much better position Wendell Carter when he was here I you know the as I said before Garrett Temple and Sato were probably his best two perimeter defenders and all I ever heard is people complain about how he guarded the defense that he was given to the best of his ability he was not put in position to succeed here he was an excellent fundamental rebounder. He did a lot of things that I loved, that I watched on tape, that I think most people who are casually watching the Bulls would not appreciate. But he's a damn good fundamental defender. And so now, flash forward, I would agree that Vooch would have been better for this team if he still was able to hit the three, which he has lost that ability. He is no longer better than Wendell Carter would be as an answer because he's not as good of a defender. And then this should not be beyond to me. Like, I don't even know why we're still debating it. Like, it, but the that's trade crazy was a though, loss. Fred. The trade but was that's a loss. crazy. You're saying that because your only complaint is, is because your only complaint is he's shooting the three bad. Like, you don't even care about his the defense. three is so freaking but I'm saying, no, 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 no. I'm saying you're making this entire argument as to why you want, but your only thing is, I don't care. You're basically, saying, I don't care about his defense. Shoot the three ball better. You wouldn't even have in this debate if he was shooting the three ball better. This wouldn't That's be a true because it would more than counterbalance his negatives on the on the defensive side of the ball. He is a good rebounder, which I do appreciate, but he is not quick. He cannot guard people on the perimeter. He's not a good mm -hmm. defender of the rim. All those negatives would be more than counterbalanced if he was still shooting the three at forty percent. I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, forget, I don't forget one thing, which he did <laughs> once, <laughs> or thirty-eight <laughs> percent, which he did multiple <laughs> times. Should not be shooting that many threes. It's ridiculous. It's a center. It's not a, it's not a small four. It's a center. It should be, should, I shouldn't have to rely on him shooting threes. Absolutely, you do. I, in, I, today's I in today's game, what center shooting threes out there like that? Uh, he was at for Orlando. He was what? shooting at a very high volume, six who, six who, attempts who, who, per game. Playing the lead right now, the center right now, shooting threes like that. You got Jokic shooting threes at a, a pretty Jokic high level. Okay. Um. Yeah. Th that's the thing. <laughs> that's that's what made him different, though. That's what made him no, different, Chris. No, what, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, I agree with you. I, I kind of agree with you in a way. I think he's shooting too many threes. He's not a three point shooter. I think that's a problem with the injuries with the Bulls had. And I think it's a problem with the offense they're running. Is that, like, you know, he doesn't, and that's a problem with him. He doesn't have to shoot threes. No one, you know, he, 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 
He's just shooting too many threes. He's not. He's a center. All right, let, let me let me ask you something. Let's throw a trade on the on the table right now. Oh Lord. Aiden, Aiden, <laughs> if the Suns say if Aiden says I'm not playing for you anymore, and the Suns say, "Hey, we'll take Kobe White and um and, and Vooch for they're not doing that. They're not doing that. Well, I, I'm just saying. No, let's say from the Bulls' perspective, would you? But that's not. Would you do that deal? Would you do that it's deal? Not, it's not. Honestly, I can't even think on it because that's not real. That's that. That's not a real thing. Why you is it not I mean? real? No, Vooch is not great, doing right? That. Dude, nobody's doing that. What, what, you know what I'm saying? Why is it not real? That. Like, I want to know, like, right now for the Suns, Fred. who's a better, who are they going to realistically get that's a center who's in the same ballpark as Aiton? It's not out there. It's not out there. There's not a deal out there for that. I think Vooch is a good answer for the Suns. I think so he's Vooch a good, is good enough for, for, for Aiton. Vooch is on good enough for Aiton, but not Wendell Carter Jr. Oh, I want to take a step back. It, you think Aiton is better than 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 Vooch, right? I think yeah, we're all in yeah. here. But you I don't, like, do that I don't trade. like honestly, I don't really like Aiton's well um mental. You know what I'm saying? This not his game. I think he has the softest hands of big man. I've seen him quite a long time. Um and he's a beast inside and he he would be a monster, you know what I'm saying? Those kind of things. But mentally, I got questions about him. I really do. And that's what kind of always held me back about him. Hell, you saw it in the last game against yeah. against, against Dallas. You know what I mean? I saw so, him not I, playing. I don't know why. I don't know the entire you know I mean? situation behind exactly. it. Exactly. If you and, yeah. and bro and real talk, I'm gonna side with whatever Monty Williams says on those matters. You know what I mean? I'm I'm gonna go with that. So Monty Williams had Good issues point. with it. So it has to be something up. So I have I have questions about him mentally more so than I have his his actual basketball game. Because like I said, he's a beast. When he gets around the bucket, I rarely see him miss. Like his hands are so soft, and he has such an excellent touch with either hand. Like he's awesome in that man. But there's something going on mentally for me and him that always just kind of made me back away from him, man. Possibly, like, I, but he was a, like he's that. a big reason that team was in the finals last year. No he question. was a big reason for their success this year. No and I am it. shocked and floored at how many people I asked that simple question, would you trade Vooch and Kobe to get Aiton? And they say no. Really? I'm like, yes. Ask around. Ask but around. But that's why I say Ask I wouldn't even make that because, of course, you make that trade. You know what I mean? But – that's, I'm just laughing because it wouldn't it wouldn't be a thing. That's not that's I'm like that's not real. Like that's not a real right. thing to me, man. Well, I but Patrick I hear Williams would be Patrick Williams would be. If you put those three in, yeah, that's a that's a more feasible trade to to do that. But Kobe White and Nikola Vucevic for eight. Oh my god, I would fire the GM of, of Phoenix immediately if that trade was ever made. Dog, that is crazy. That is crazy. That's not happening. But please continue. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Well, I. I want to take another step back to another argument you made about injuries. And to me, like this one is something that we do have to push back on. It's part of this con continuity argument that the front office presented, which I laughed at like the, what team in the playoffs didn't have injury issues. You look at the bucks, obviously they had major injury to one of their key players. Hero was out for Miami. He was a key cog for that team all year. He didn't really play at all. Time Lord and smart were out for the Celtics for especially, uh, you know, Williams for large parts of the season, like down the stretch, it's like every team has injuries. We had one injury to Lonzo ball. Yes. He ails a lot, which w what hurts us. Excellent perimeter defender, excellent three point shooter, but he's not an all-star. It's like, I, I like we, there should be a four alarm fire. We need to get better on the, yes. on, on our team, our, our, all throughout the roster, it's not like, well, we, we just get that. we green ball back and everything will be fine. No, no, he's not enough to to turn this team around. We didn't have injury issues in the playoffs outside of ball. Like, who else was hurt? 
Nobody was hurt. Everybody's hurt at That's this time That's a pretty big damn – oh, you, 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 you keep forgetting Zach Levine in this. But, well, Zach but Levine yeah, was you, playing, though. My point but is he was playing. injured. But he yes, was he was hurt. injured, but he was still putting up 20 <laughs> points. Yeah, Dave, you're still, still putting an up injury. 20 points. Dave, he couldn't – Dave, in game four or five, I can't recall what it was, Zach Levine played as good as he can play. Like, no matter injury or not. On a, on a bad out. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. He played as good as he could play. Like, I, did, I thought he had a perfect game in the home loss. It was game four. I thought he played perfectly in that game. He had double-digit assists, I believe. He played as good as you can play. He dominated the first quarter. He sat far too long, and that's what, you know, he started out in the game scoring. I think he had 12 points in the first quarter. I, this is all off the top of my head. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't think Zach is going to play significantly better than he did in the playoffs. He was hurt, yes. He had an injury issue. You know, so did Jimmy. So did a lot of players in, in, in the in Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. Like, this idea, like, I think there's a lot of, I hear this a lot is, you know, if ball was healthy, we would have been fine. Yeah, maybe second round. We're not beating, we're not beating Boston. I don't think with ball. I agree completely with all that. I I completely, but this was the move, Fred. Like you had to have this season to realize what you need to get better at. You had to have that season, Fred. You had to figure that out. You had to get these players in here. You had to get Lonzo in. You had to get Zach in. You had to get Demar in. You had to get Vooch in. Okay, where the hell do we stand? The same thing they did last year. You know, when they were like, when they got Vooch in here, or even before they got Vooch in here, when they were running uh, Lowry marketing and everybody out there basically ran back the same team. And I remember Eversley and AK kept questioning, why wasn't this team in the playoff? They couldn't understand. Then they figured out, oh, them dudes suck here. So we got to change some things. Oh, let's flip some stuff and let's get it out of here. Boom, best team in the East in a flip. Now I'm not, everybody knows that that wasn't sustainable, what they were doing. We get all that. But they showed Case and said, like, we're good enough to actually be in the playoffs and actually be mentioned with that. Now you know what you have to do in this season, which is why I trust AK and Eversley, and I'll give it to Chris after this. But this is what they know they have to do, is they see this team that they put on the floor. They understand the mistakes that were made, and they're like, okay, bet. Let's go out here and improve it. Let's go out here and get better. But Fred, to say, like, you'll never hear me say Lonzo Ball was the reason the Bulls didn't go in deep run in the playoffs. Like, that's not that wasn't the point. No, but he was damn sure the reason they got their ass whooped and finished sixth. Like he was damn sure that reason for that. You know what I mean? So I, I think a lot of reason though was that. how about some poor play from the guys that were here? Mainly the guy that you guys have been defending this entire uh this entire show. You mm-hmm. know, like Voot sucked down the stretch. He's mm-hmm. he was terrible. So like, yeah, we were missing ball and you know, and the Celtics were missing Time Lord, but they had guys step up and we didn't. They like, had Jason this, Tatum and Jalen Brown. <laughs> Yeah, well, we had DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, who was hurt, I know. Thank well, you we also much. had Vooch, who was supposed <laughs> to be the guy much. who was being paid to be one of these key pieces who did not perform down the stretch. He was awful. In fact, there was a game against Milwaukee on April mm-hmm. 4th that uh, Vooch, big game that Zach was out, and it was just Vooch and, and, and uh, DeMar, and we got the doors blown off, even though DeMar scored, I think, 40 or 50 points against Something the, like the Bucks. Yeah. He showed up. Vooch was three of 17 or whatever, and, you know, just n- another awful game. And then we're all like, well, you know, he'll get better. No, he's not going to get better. Remove his carcass, baiting the uh, rotting carcass from the roster. And let's figure out what to do and make and acknowledge that it was a mistake, which we seen. But it wasn't a mistake. It was a mistake. <laughs> How a mistake. can you possibly that say? not a mistake it, not, to go and get us. I'm sorry. I did say I'm throwing you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to, I want to say something quick. You think you could the Bulls could win anything with with the Vuce on the roster? Do I I think if he comes back this season 
and and just with one thing and shoots 36 37 38 percent from three which he has a capability to do he's did it many times in his career i think that will go a long way in improving this team but do i believe that's gonna do happen that? right i don't think it's gonna happen i think okay. he's done I think he's done as a player. He's one not, season. When does it happen? When, when does it happen? When right. have you seen in the history of the league guys' okay. centers in their thirties have a, a year like this, declining year, and suddenly mm -hmm. turn around and have an you know like a career year? It doesn't Kareem? happen. Kareem was Kareem great did. all throughout his thirties. I saw him have a down year and then and then and then ball out. I did see what that. What was his down year? The I year they went this. to that finals. Remember, he was having a down year. Actually, he was having a really down year, and then he balled out once they got to that finals, dude. A he, down he, year for Kareem is still significantly better than yeah, most it's centers. still it's still like 18 and 11, <laughs> which is what Boots <laughs> no, was giving you. Yeah, which is what Boots was giving you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, tremendous amount of volume of shots, third most on a team. Yes, 17 and 11. Again, no doubt, he, he, he brought some numbers. A good rebounder. Didn't shoot at a high percentage. Did not play, did not get to the free throw line, did, did a lot of things that on the offensive end, I just think he needed to play better. It all comes to me with him is, is his three-point shooting. It's like people stop guarding him, and that causes <laughs> has major ramifications. Everybody's like, why didn't DeMar play as well? People stopped guarding Javante, and he was getting double and triple teamed, and his only other player on the team, Vooch, couldn't hit the three to open up lanes for him. That's why he struggled. He did, he's the same the player. Okay, I'm, so I'm just asking that, Fred, because I don't disagree with you about his three-point shooting, but who's the other shooter? The other shooter on the team is Zach Levine. Okay. Okay. That's and, my, okay. So, go so ahead, that, Chris. This is, this is my point, is that he was – he's shooting too many threes. It's not that his percentage is low. He's shooting too many threes. And a roster, as you brought up, needs to be better. Devontae Green, when you have two people getting significant minutes on your team that can't do anything, that can't dribble the ball more than three times or fall on the ground, I've seen – you cannot, there's no other team in the NBA like that. You know, you got John Denver Jones can't dribble more than four times without falling down. That, <laughs> and Javante Green the same way. He can't. I agree 100%. That is poor. <laughs> I love them when the frost is filled out and they can run the flow, run the flow they did like they did earlier in the season. They look great, right? These guys, but when those guys get significant minutes and you see they can, they, they're one trick ponies. And I love them to death. Denver Jones can fly through the air, dunk. Awesome, looks great. Javante Green can run the rim, great. Well, that's all they could do in the offense. And and if Vooch is on the if Vooch and Demarco Rose and Levine are in the lineup with no dudes in the lineup, it really it really helps your team. Just imagine if Javante Green if, if, if Green could like even dribble more than four times and do a pull up or something. You can win like five more games. Don't, so, Fred is loving this. Fred is so loving I, I, I'm loving everything he's saying right now because well, I, I'm definitely not a fan of Javante. So I don't think and I. I, he's great on a roster, right? You have, you have a nice roster, but on this team where where he's where, where you need him to do more, you know, play outside, you know, his skill set, um, it hurts your team. And I think the front office well understands that. Okay, we can't have like, like two guys getting significant minutes if you can dribble the ball more than four times and shoot threes. It, it, it just that's not the that's not the league. You can't have that. So they're not going to be here. I, I mean, think, three point shoot. I, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think I think we should be better if we shoot less threes, and that can also come from. You know, having a healthy roster, having Williams maybe progress, and maybe having other guys come on a team that would take more shots with more offensive minded. So Vush looks better than what he is right now because he's not forced to do things out of his element more, which is like shoot like eight threes in a game as a center. That shouldn't have happened. So I think you can win with Vooch. I agree he's on a downside of his career, but I do think you can win with him. I think you just have to put a roster around him. 
as we said, this team does not shoot threes well. Bruce is on a Bruce is on a roster. He's a center of a team that's the worst that shoot the less threes in the NBA. Yeah, that's, that's that's not his fault. That's a recipe for disaster. Well, I want to follow up on a point you made though, Chris. I want to follow up on a point you made. So Vooch can't hit the three. So you're saying less threes. And what do you want him to do? You want him to go in the post like it's 1989 with his back to the basket and clog up space for for Zach and, and Demar because that's that's not good roster construction. That's my issue here. Is like I know what I know what they were thinking. I know what what Acme was thinking. They said we can get a guy that is hit shooting six attempts per game at 40 percent. And yes, he in his career it's not a long period that he shot very high from three, but we, even if he falls, he'll still be shooting 36%, 35%, which is average and acceptable. They didn't in a million years expect him to fall to 31. So I understand the thinking. I think the move was the right one. That's my point. Big picture though. I don't see how you can look in retrospect and say, we gave up two first round picks and Wendell Carter Jr. for this asset and say, that was the right move. No, it wasn't. Let's be honest and say in retrospect, we're probably better off if we have those picks and young player to package for another player, because we're not going to win anything with Vooch playing at this level. He's just not good enough. He doesn't so, do. Go ahead. I, so, I, I've rambled on a little bit too long. Well, it, it's thing, like you, first of all, you know, he still plays. They have a season to go. Right. But it's like, it's like, is it, are, is it championship a bust or is it getting to the playoffs? Cause we won a lot of games. It wasn't playoffs. That's something that hasn't been done the Bulls. So, I mean, like, you know, only one team holds a trophy up. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I hear you. I mean, but, like, the idea was to prove the roster. And Bush's skill, the lot of skill sets that they play can have. His defense is just not one of them. You know, some players some players can't pass and, and, and rebound. He can. I think that's a skill set that's viable. And I think that's that. And that's what I think the front office really values is his uh, IQ on the floor and his pass. As much as they said yeah. so much. They never say anything about, I wish he's better on defense. They just say, oh, Bruce is a very good rebounder. I love, his, I love the fact he can pass. So that's what they value. And, of course, shooting three-point shot by game, I think he shoots some damn threes. I think I, my biggest concern is, I don't know my biggest word or concern, I always put it, but, like, I just do wonder, you know, I still question this, you know, if you, if the Bull, if we as fans want to see the Bulls win the championship, right, Zach Levine has to be a top six player in the league. He has to be. Can he be a top six player this mm-hmm. year? Great question. That I is believe, the question. Go ahead, Fred. I believe he can. I mean, he's got 50. He's, 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 as shooting goes, he has elite ability. I think he can be a 50, 40, 90 guy in this league. And to me, you watch these playoffs, there's two things that win three point shooting and defense. He doesn't give you the defense. At, at best, he's going to give you an average perimeter defense. You build around a guy, that's a space you fill with good interior defense to clean up the mess that he leaves on the perimeter. But on the offensive end, the guy gets to the free throw line. It's getting better every year. He's improved every year. I thought he was having a fantastic year until he got hurt. He fell off a little bit. He's still one of the top 25 players in the league, even with the injury. And he was getting better every single year. This is the first year I felt like he maybe took a step back a little bit. But again, I thought it was injury injury related. I think Zach Levine has the ability to be a 40% three-point shooter at 50% from the field, get to the line and shoot at 90% rate. That is elite ability that you do not find in this league, you know, often. So he has the ability to be a top 10 player. I have no doubt on that. Um, I, that's why I'm excited. Overall, I know I sound like I'm negative Nancy. I'm not. 
because I think the Bulls are very close. I think much closer than people think. They just need to find an answer to fix the interior defense, which is a major issue. And I, I felt like even when they were doing well, it was a very rare thing that we were seeing, which was such a high level of perimeter defense from two players in Ball and Caruso was it's very rare to see that to have that high level of defense uh, translate into, you know, wins. Usually it's the other way around where really high level of interior defense translates into uh, wins. And I, I don't see that that often. And, and you were seeing that for a large part of the year. And then when, you know, ball went down, then there just wasn't enough because there's not a ton of defensive talent on this team. I really would say that was Caruso ball and IO are really yeah. the only three players that are above what I would consider to be average Agreed. defensively. Um, you don't have really anything interior on the, on the inside that's above average or even average. Although I do like, um, you know, I would say more than most people, I, I think they, they they have some opera. Bradley is a little bit better than most people would, I, you know, for whatever reason, I don't want to get, go down that rabbit hole, but what do you, what do you say what about what I said? Do you think we're closer than some people oh. think? Go oh, ahead, sorry. Chris. You go ahead, Dave. I thought already. No, uh, well, I'm glad you didn't go deep into Bradley because that's just depressing. <laughs> right there. I'm with you. I, I, he's supposed to be a better defender, but I, I watched him get carried out off the court by another center. Yeah. Like I saw that happen. Like he, no. Um, but I, are they closer? I mean, they're closer than they were last year. They're closer than I've ever seen them in about a good five years. So yeah, they're close. If you want to say it on that sense, yeah, I think think they're closer. But again, what gives me uh reason to be excited and hopeful is because I know the front office that the Bulls have. And so I know AK and Mark Eversley, when we sit here and have these debates and these arguments, it's, it's, I know they see the same things that we see. And I know that they're like, oh no, I know we understand. We know what we need, we need to improve on and we know what we need to do. His, his, his main thing was trying to get to the playoffs this year. And that was the goal to get to the playoffs. That was one. His ultimate goal is get the championship because he says it a million times. It's what he wants to do is get that championship for the Bulls. But to get there, but to accomplish that first one, you had to put a roster together that was good enough to go to the playoffs. So you had to do that first. And he did that. Like, he put a roster that was good enough to get to the playoffs. Now you start filling all the holes in the team that are there. And you're right. The defenders, your best defenders are Lonzo, Ayo, and Caruso. That's your backcourt. That's your backcourt as far as defense is concerned. Now you need your front court defense to improve. Now you need your three-point shooting to improve. Now you need the overall IQ of the team to improve because, again, once Alonzo goes off the floor, your IQ goes down, and that shouldn't be the case. Like, that should – your IQ should at least be on some kind of maintainable level for this team. So, I yeah, they're closer. I, I agree with that. They're closer to a championship than they were. Dave, I got to jump in, though, because I hear this a lot on your show, and I love your show outside of this, and I know this is a constant refrain from Peck – you know, and a lot of, a lot of people are cheering and dog bull nation loves it, but like, you know, there's a constant idea that like Acme is so much better than the previous front office. They were completely incompetent. And I agree. Oh, like it. it was time. It was still, hold on. It was time for them to go. I'm not denying that. You know, I, I would like to know PAX is still in the organization, but I do want to say like 2007 Noah at nine, 2008 Rose at one, Taj at 26 in 2009, 2010 mm -hmm. you hire Tibbs and 2011 Jimmy Butler at mm -hmm. 30. Five year stretch, arguably the best in Bulls history. You, you, you can go five years and, and not get 
that quality of players, all five I, uh, in coach and a head coach who's, you know, has a beloved stat, status, everyone in the city outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And then you have four players that are legendary in Rose, Noah Butler and Taj Gibson. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really believe that this organization is going to put together a team that's better than that? Because I think it's going to be very difficult. So well, yeah, I, 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 I don't just reflexively thing. say, hey, oh, yeah, they're way better than what we had. But Fred, the most difficult thing is AK Everson probably gonna have a number one pick. <laughs> they probably won't be able to draft one of the best Bulls players in the history of the game in Derrick Rose. You know what I mean? Like you, well, that, you know, they have that kind of sets the tone. Yeah, four is yeah, one. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's four, but you saw who was number one, right? You saw who's number two, right? Well, like, they got Noah nine. They got Noah you know nine again. I'm talking one, Fred. We're talking about number one draft. That is the you can't just skip over that. That well, the, and you can't just skip thing. over. You can't just you know skip I mean? over the fact that Beasley. I, and again, I'm not. Rose. I'm not skipping yeah. over nothing with with guard packs. All I talked about was, oh, I like the front office that we have now. I like the uh, so do I. That we have now. So do I. I got nothing, you're, you're bringing in Matt Peck stuff right now to me. Like that, that ain't stuff I'll be arguing. <laughs> no, Dave, you just said you just said your your primary reason was I trust Acme to to fix the mess. And the yeah. implication when you say that That's is not, always. I wasn't implying anything. It wasn't my, my counter is this wasn't a mess. It wasn't a mess that they took over. It was a rebuild that had pieces. We had all our number one picks and we had Zach Levine, who was an all-star level player. It wasn't a mess. It wasn't like, I agree. Let them go. I've had enough. They were here too long, but this wasn't like a complete disaster. Like, we oh, got it players. Dress, it was not good because of Jim Boylan. It was not good because of Jim Boylan. Who picked him? No, I'm, I'm not. That's why it was a fireball offense. I'm glad they were gone for that huge mistake. But to say like, oh, there was nothing here. Like we had us all star here. Zach Levine, who's one of the two best players. Kobe White is one. Of, I, I know there's a lot of debate on whether I think he's a good player. I think he's a young player. And I think too many people have already given up on him when I think He's a he's a piece off the bench. And we had all our picks and we had Wendell Carter Jr., which we then took and gave away a lot of assets to get Vooch and to get DeMar. DeMar was an absolute home run. But yes, we got better by giving away a ton of assets to get two key players. I do not agree with what the was trade. Their record? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. What was their record? For they you? had a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries and a lot. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr. was one of the reasons. Wendell was one of the reasons, right. Yeah, but Wendell Carter Jr.'s injuries were not like Lonzo Ball's injuries. Let's put it that way. You couldn't. Everybody's like, well, Lonzo was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt every year. Can you admit that he couldn't catch a basketball? Can you admit that? I'm not going to admit that. I'm not going to admit that. You saw it, though, right? You saw it. Okay, then. I saw a young player who's 21, (laughs) who was 20 years old at the time and 21 years old at the time getting better every year. I'm not going to say Wendell Carter Jr. playing out of position. I think Wendell Carter Jr., I'm just going to say this, Dave, Chris, in five years, we're going to all look back and laugh and regret that we traded Wendell Carter Jr. for Booch. I won't. And him playing in Orlando, it helps too. Like, there's no real pressure on him in in Orlando. Oh, here we go with this again. You know what? But it's not. This is another ridiculous argument. You mean to tell me Wendell Carter Jr. was better off playing with a bunch of garbage in Orlando this year than he would have been here playing with Damar and Zach, who I I don't know, actually attracted attention? It wasn't that much pressure. That's what I said. I said it's not as much pressure playing in Orlando than Chicago. Will you agree with that? 
there's more pressure playing in Chicago, yes, but not when the ball goes up. You think they're really thinking about when the ball jumps up? Look at all the pressure we got here. No, they're playing against NBA talent. I think Wendell Carter Jr. would have been very good here this year with actual good pieces around him. You know, players you that are better me than that they had Sato. these amazing pieces. No, I did not say. I said. To me. I said uh, the, the the amazing pieces. Who did I say? Kobe White and Zach Levine, who did not help him on the so defensive the rest side was of a the mess. ball. So the rest was a mess. The then? rest was a mess. I mean, yeah, obviously there were a lot of which I said was a mess. Yeah, which is what I said, Fred. It was a mess. That's what Listen, I said. Do you agree that Gafford trade was a good trade? You think? Would you rather have that one back? No, I'm happy. He. I said a million times, and Chris, Chris, and I had this discussion about Gafford. We was like, Gafford is going to be that dude who has a 12 year career and plays for like 11 teams. We we knew he was going to go, and I was like, he wasn't going to do what he did in Washington here, and we knew that. I was like, it wasn't going to happen here. This is why I wasn't mad. That he left and did his thing. I'm Chris. You keep trying to get words in. I'm sorry. No, no. I just, I just, I just. With the Carter Jr. has never been mentioned more on a, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most contentious, contentious. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't ever think you've been with the Carter Jr. Ross and Nile and Booch and Booch Orlando. I think, I think we have a worse record. But with that said, I want, I want to bring up a point about just to change top a little bit about giving players time to develop. And I, I do, I do like the fact that you brought that up, uh, Fred, regarding Kobe White, because I'm, I'm looking at Miami. I know Miami's unique in a different way, but you have other players in the playoffs right now who represent players who have been on other teams who may not have known a lot about, but over the years they have grown and become good players. And so I, I'm just watching even Derek, even Derek White, you know, on the Boston, you know, who we thought maybe Kobe White's gonna be like, but he's in the playoffs, shining bright. You know, in the playoffs, in the finals, and you have you know, I mean, roster. You go down, I mean, roster. You know, Gabe Vincent, all these guys. You know who? You know, you know who? Even you know, Jimmy Butler, for instance, drafted, uh, drafted, not drafted high. A lot of guys on the roster who they took time to get better. Now, granted, maybe you had to go to different, different scene or different team, but 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 they were sort of given given up on, and then and now they keep pieces to a team in Miami, right? That's like that one game. That's one game away from finals. So yeah, that's I, I'm. I don't mind trading people to get better, but with Williams and White, I'm willing to be more patient with them, and and not just two years old. Because uh, we we gave a lot of market time, right? So he's gone. Give these guys time to develop and, get, and, and find and find their find their slots, find their their space within the roster when the roster is properly constructed. You know, Kobe White played that position, didn't coming in and out, starting on the bench, whatever like that. You know, Derek White is looking good right now because he has a a role. He knows his role is in the game. White didn't know his role in the game, so let's. I think we should give White more time, even with us one time. So I had to have the front office build up, build up the roster, and have these guys slide into their national positions so they know exactly what to do when they get on the court. So I'm preaching patience with White and Williams. Uh, what do you what do you think about that? Because um. And also, guys like the team, like it, it, you only need, there are guys out there in the NBA right now who maybe not have all the tool sets, but like you said, they're tall, they have, if like defense can block. I'm tired of seeing the other teams like Boston Williams have these tall dudes that can jump out the gym. We don't have that. Like, why don't we have that? Every team in the NBA has this but us. You know, I want that. If that guy could block shots and jump out the gym, uh, you greatly improve the roster defensively. You know, look at Dallas, crying out loud. They got guys like that shooting great. So, they're, they're out there. We just got to find them and be patient. Well, I'm glad you brought up these two players because uh, to me, the ceiling for the Bulls is dependent on four 
really five players. It's it's Lonzo Ball, who are all under 25, and it's Lonzo, Lonzo Ball, Williams, White, Nio. Those four players are just their, their development is absolutely key to where we can go in the next three, four years. And I think a lot of people have already given up on White. And I think it's a major mistake. I think the Bulls are going to about, about to make a mistake by moving him for probably garbage because he was, you know, drafted by the previous team. And, and just for whatever reason, I don't sense a lot of belief in him. But if you look at Kobe White, he finishes his rookie year averaging 20-plus points over like 11-game stretch, played great, COVID hits, misses that entire offseason. Then he gets hurt last offseason. He, you know, tears, tears up his shoulder, didn't really come back until what was it, December, had some great moments throughout the year, but again, incredibly inconsistent, which is, oh, I don't know what you usually see from a 21-year-old. Like, people expect him to be, like, this finished product already. He's not. He's a month younger than Io. So, like, we've already, and in the playoffs, I thought he had an excellent game one and was terrible after that. But, again, a young player, his first time in the playoffs, that's what you see often. And we've already, like, given up on him as a fan base. I sense that. I don't know. I don't think you have, Dave, or, or you, Chris based on your comments right there. Uh, so I'm still very bullish, to put it mildly, on White. And I think he provides, for a team that is so poor at three-point shooting, he was second on the team in three-point attempts. He had 353, two more than, uh, or 22 more than Vooch. So it was Levine, White, and Vooch. A team that's struggling to hit the three and you're going to get rid of White? You sure as heck better find somebody who's not scared to shoot the three to come in and, and hit it at a decent percentage. And I don't know. I don't think that's going to be that easy to do. Uh, the other one is Williams. Like Williams is so key to the, this, the future and success of this organization. I, I can't even begin to state it. Like contrary to most people, I thought he sucked his rookie year, played 72 games, was just handed a starting spot. And the Bulls were frankly awful when he was out in court. That was because he didn't know what he was doing and he was terrible. Not surprising for a 19 year old. I saw a tremendous amount of improvement last year. Uh, and at the end of the season, I was very encouraged by how much better he got and just the simple fundamentals of identifying your man, boxing him out, keeping him off the rim. He was terrible at that in his in his rookie year. So, you know, contrary to most people, I thought he was terrible his rookie year. Contrary to most people, I think he's much better his, his second year. So I'm feeling really good about his development. But those two guys are super key. And then Iowa also probably to a little bit of a lesser extent because I can't imagine him getting that much better. I think I was going to be a really good role player in this league. Um, and I always, no one has been spoke more highly of him than me, but unless he really develops as a shooter, there's going to be a certain probably ceiling for him. And, you know, I hope he can do it. I hope he can break out of it. I saw some troubling things. I thought down the stretch, I, I was shocked at how good he shot the ball from three to start the season. And then down the stretch, I didn't think he shot it that well at all. So um, you know, we'll see where he, where he, where he ends up, but you know, and Lonzo, it's a big mystery, but you know, one thing he's shown is he's not durable. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot of experience in Chicago with that. And, you know, I, I am more than a little worried about where he's going to be. Um, because I just don't see, you guys were talking about Wendell and this is the last time thing I'll say about it. The injuries Wendell had were freak injuries, fell on his thumb, broke his thumb. Like these are not knee injuries that require 
um, you know, construct re reconstructive surgery or, you know, what, what is going on here? It constantly, the doctors are going back into the same knee to try to figure out what the problem was. There were, some of them were freak injuries and, uh, and an ankle, you know, everybody plays basketball. If you play basketball long enough, you're going to have an ankle injury. Knee injuries are a different story. So like, there's a huge red flag here with, with Lonzo, who I do respect and love as a basketball player. And he's an excellent basketball player. I no no debating that, but you know, is he going to be healthy? We can't, we can't act like it. There's nothing to prove that he has been over the last, you know, several years. And he's still young. It's like, is he going to get healthier as he ages? Probably not. So, you know, we'll see where our, our ceiling is. But again, those five players, four players are just so key for us to where we're at. And it's a little murky about where we can, what the greatness we can achieve. But I'm confident that we can with Williams and White if they stick with White. Yeah, I, I completely agree with a lot of what you just said, especially with Lonzo. I'm, I'm in full panic mode about his knee. Um, he's been he's been injured since he walked in the league. You know, that ankle never healed properly. He had a bone bruise in that ankle when he was at L.A. that kept him out for the whole season. Right. There. And so, yeah, he's he's always had those injuries, man. And uh, yeah, you're right. Wendell's were definitely freak injuries. But, you know, that's what happens when you can't catch a basketball because they get off. <laughs> Why did I bring it up? <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna get you out. I know you gotta go. I know you gotta go, Fred. Um, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you out of here. But I'm gonna give you the floor. Your final word. You always, you always give the final word of of encouragement to Bulls Nation. So I like to give you the time to address whatever you like to address to Bulls Nation, to anybody out there, to to my guy uh, Matt Peck, who I who I love dearly. Um, oh, so yeah, do I. Who, who, who do you? Who would you? What would you like to say to Bulls Nation about the state of the union of the Chicago Bulls, sir? I want to say, have faith in, in Acme. I know a lot of what I said today. You're probably saying, well, this guy doesn't even believe in them. I absolutely do. I think the IO pick will go down as one of the best picks in Bulls history. I think the Demar Derozan acquisition was one of the best moves in Bulls history, and he set a culture and a tone for this organization that has really turned things around. And I'm beyond proud of what both those guys have done. And I hope they're here for many, many years to come. Um, there has been a lot of talk lately about, you know, what, what was the Jimmy Butler trade right? And and I will say that if we do lose Zach Levine, I don't think we will. I think he will resign Chicago. I think a lot of this was agent created. Uh, and I can't believe that he would find a better opportunity outside of Chicago. So I'm going to state this with the assumption that he, he will be back next year. That um, Zach Levine, the Bulls won the, the Butler trade. I still believe that no matter what Jimmy has done, obviously played incredible in game six and seven for the heat. But if you look at it in, in the long run, the heat had one bubble induced um, induced championship, um, you know, appearance. They lost that. They were a fifth seed that year. Do you really think the fifth seed heat team would have gone to the finals that season if they didn't play in a hermetically sealed bubble down in Florida. They beat an awful Pacers team in round one that year. In the second round, they played the Bucks again, every game in Florida. Uh, Giannis went out 10 minutes into game four. He didn't play in game five. That Bucks team didn't have Drew Holiday, who was playing for the Pelicans at the time. Congrats. They beat a hobbled Celtics team, went to the finals and got their asses kicked by the Lakers. And they didn't get to the finals this year. So right now, today, yeah, it looks like the Bulls lost Butler trade. I think in four years, we'll look back at Zach Levine, who will establish himself as a top seven player. And we'll say, you know what? The Bulls absolutely did win that Butler trade because Jimmy also played for Minnesota and he also do you think Minnesota won that trade? No. Do you think the Sixers won that trade? No. I mean, Jimmy Butler was a great player for us, but I think in the long run, we will look back and say Zach Levine was a superior player um, because he is all about culture. He's all about 
you know, making his teammates better and winning. And Jimmy has great player, but he's got far too many faults, in my opinion, to be to say that the Bulls lost that trade. Um, I know it sounds ridiculous now to a lot of you listening, but as usual, in the long run, I'm mostly 93% of the time correct. I think I'll be proven correct in this statement also. So take solace in the fact that we still have DeMar next year. Take solace in the fact that we still have Zach. Don't take solace in the fact that Vooch is here, but we hopefully he can come back to average as a three-point shooter and great things are uh, you know on the horizon for the beloved bull. But again, I'll state this one last time. The ceiling will be determined by Lonzo Ball, Williams, White, and Io. And I feel pretty good about at least three of those four players hitting. I don't know. What say you? Oh, go ahead, Chris. No, yeah, Alonzo. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what you do with that because, yeah, you don't know. You just got to wait because he, he, you just can't get rid of him because he's damaged, right? And you got to see. And I hope, I hope, it's, I hope you're right, man, about that Levine becoming a, a top seven player in NBA. Cause that means you either are a good passer or you affect the game defensively. Um, hope I hope you up his level. And by the way, a note to Zach: uh, Stop being lazy with your damn jump shots. Please focus on your jump shot. You fade away all the damn time. And know that out of me. Just just make make your jump shot boring. <laughs> make it boring. Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, all the Steph Curry, all these dudes make it boring. You just float left, float right. It's just like you try to be too cool with it. But anyway, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I agree, man. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously the team, the Bulls are going to go as Levine goes. That's the best player on the team. Amen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'll leave it there. I ain't going to add nothing to that, man. Fred, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, love you so much, bro. Uh, for everything, like I said, that you've done uh, for us and continue to do. And just for your passion, just as a Bulls fan, man, I, I still don't know. And, and people can say what they want about you, whether they agree with you or they're not. I've never met anybody more passionate about the Chicago Bulls than you. And I think that's why people, you know, gravitate towards you and continue to listen to you. Even if, even if they can't stand you, they still listen to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. Unfortunately, there's a lot of those people out there, but yeah, Dave, I I can't tell you how much that means for you to say that uh, to me and and both you guys, I'm, I'm huge fans of what you guys do. Um, And honestly, like uh, I'll, I'll, I'll counter with this. Like, I don't think there's any two more, knowledgeable better combination of knowledge and passion than what you guys here have here at ball and what you've done with that with the uh, tournament of trash is it is seriously something i look forward to every year that i think people will talk about and gather and discuss for generations to come um so i can't say enough good stuff about what you guys are doing here and i'm hoping to see you guys at uh, doug tonus's house on the on the bulls drive well dave i'm sure you probably got a show yeah, on that yeah. night but chris are you gonna be there man we gotta see you there yeah, right you know, we had so many good times there over the years you know? yeah i definitely uh, i'll be there i gotta answer my email yes awesome all right guys i gotta run God bless you guys. Godspeed. I love you guys. And uh, talk again soon. Most contentious episode ever on on visiting you guys, but I love it, man. It's passion and it's a good discussion. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, I hope I'm wrong on a lot of what I said. I hope Booch comes back and kicks ass and proves me wrong, but I doubt it. All right, guys. (laughs) Follow I got got CB, Fred at CBE. Fred on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Ball Sports. Chris at Ball Sports One on Instagram at Ball Sports. Chris. 
Yeah, man. Uh, as usual, we thank the fans out there for listening. Um, you know, I know it's, it's kind of slow a little bit because the NBA season is kind of slowing down a little bit, but we still put our podcast. And, Dave, we can talk about the champion of trash, man. It's been a while. We ain't even talked about I can't remember what we discussed for topic. I already got it. Don't worry. I'll send it to you. I already got it. Greatest segment in the history of podcasts. I already I have know, it. I'll stand by that. And I got about 13 already, so yeah, I'm, I already got it. Don't worry, don't <laughs> I just hope I don't make it. <laughs> oh, and, and you, you're not. You're not going to no, make thanks, it. And also, thanks. And, I'll, thanks. And, and one more thing. Uh, make sure you uh, get one of those ball hoodies also. You head to our website, ballsports.com. Pick you, you up slash uh, shop, if I'm not mistaken. And pick up uh, a ball hoodie also. And we'll be back. Uh, I'm planning on being back next week. I have a very, very, very special guest. If it works out like I want to. So, oh man, I'll just stay tuned, man. But we'll be with y'all. Thanks for joining us. We out. Y'all be cool. Be peace. Be blessed. On behalf of my man C Red Fred, my man Chris AKC Dub. I'm Big Dave. We out. Peace. Take it easy, guys. All right, Fred. All right, bro. All right, man. <laughs>